Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. The book of Romans chapter 11, reading from verse number 29, the Bible tells us, For the gift and the calling of God are without repentance. In other words, God does not withdraw what he has given, nor does he change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. In other words, when the Lord blesses you, when the Lord gives you something, and tomorrow he doesn't look at his man and say, mm, I don't like your face anymore, so I'm going to take it back. No, God does not operate that way. When the Lord blesses you, the gift and the blessings of God, he gives unto you, he doesn't withdraw it back. So if he blesses you today with provision, he never takes it back. If he blesses you with a particular gift, he doesn't take it back. What he does is that what he gives to you, he releases and he gives and you know, becomes permanent in your life. Now, the lifelong anointing, what the lifelong anointing simply means is that it represents the perpetual power and presence of God in the life of an individual. When we talk about lifelong anointing, we are talking about when the Lord lays his hands upon you and he releases his anointing upon you and he blesses it with you, blesses you with his own spirit. What it does is that it is a permanent blessing. He gives it unto you for life. Now, whether you use it for his own glory is a different story. Whether you walk in that anointing is a different story. But the Lord has released it upon you and it remains there. And that is what lifelong anointing is all about. When God chooses to invest his grace and his presence in the life of an individual, God does a lifelong investment. In other words, when he decides to give you something, it is something he intends to walk with you for life. When he starts a relationship with you, it's a relationship that lasts forever. It's not a relationship that he does today and tomorrow he changes his mind. God does not file for divorce. Okay? That I don't like you anymore, I want a divorce. God does not go into that business. When he walks with you, it is for eternity. It is forever and it's for eternity. So, all through the Bible, you will see this recurring theme in the lives of the people that God has called. When God finds an individual, God gives that particular individual a specific assignment. And then he anoints that individual for that specific assignment. And then he sustains that individual when he carries out that particular assignment. In other words, God calls you. And then he anoints you. And then he sustains you for the people that he has chosen. In other words, he does not call you and abandon you. He doesn't call you and then leave you hanging. He doesn't say, do this for me and say, go and fend for yourself. No. When he calls you, he always gives you not just the power to do the work, but the provisions to do the work. So his anointing is always for is a lifelong anointing. You will see the pattern in the life of Abraham. When he called Abraham, he anointed him and he sustained him. When he called Moses, he anointed him, he sustained him. When he called David, he did the same thing. You look at the prophet, he did, he does every, he performed the same way every time. God calls, anoint, and sustain the people he has chosen for his own work. The issue we are looking at this morning 
It's not whether God calls or anoints people. That's not the issue. What we are looking at this morning, our focus this morning is that how does the people that God has called, the people that God has invited to himself, how do they experience the lifelong anointing? It is one thing for God to give you something. It's for another thing for you to enjoy it. Yeah. It's, another, it's one thing for God to bless you with a particular provision. It's another thing for you to enjoy that particular thing. So it is not whether God gives you. That's not the issue. God gives you. The question is, how do you enjoy the lifelong anointing? How do you enjoy what God has made available for you? Yeah. Okay. How does the individual with the call of God experience the lifelong anointing that God has made available for his chosen one? That is the question that we're trying to deal with this morning. The question is, why are we looking at this? Why are we looking at the fact that God, why are we looking at the, 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 the reason why people need to enjoy the blessings of the Almighty God? In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 10, 1 Samuel chapter 10, we are told a very interesting story there. The Bible told us that when this guy called Saul, the king, the first king of Israel, when that man was anointed, the Bible says that the spirit of the Almighty God will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and you will be turned to another man. In other words, when God called him, God told him that as soon as I call you, I will pour my spirit upon you. And as I pour my spirit upon you, your life is going to change. And that is exactly what he does for everyone that he invites to himself. As soon as you are brought into the kingdom, as soon as you become part of his kingdom, what you will find is that something changed about your life. And as that thing changes about your life, you become a different person. Have you ever seen a person who has been born again? You will notice that initially before they were born again, they used to be vulgar. They used to live anyhow. But after they become converted, after they encounter the resurrected Christ, something changes about their life. They become a different person. This is what happened to this guy called Saul, the first king of Israel. But you will notice that for some reason, Saul was not able to preserve the blessings and the anointing of God upon his life. He was not able to preserve it. If you look at the same first Samuel chapter 16, reading from verse number 14, the Bible tells us there, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a distressing spirit came, you know, from the Lord troubled him. What happened in the life of Saul? That made the spirit of God Almighty to fall upon him at a particular time. And then because of the way he lived, the spirit of the Almighty God departed. What happened? Why was he not able to enjoy the things that God has made available for him? Not only that, if you go again and look at the book of Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16, we told the story of a man called Samson. Samson was a very interesting man. Many of you have heard the story about this man that he was a very powerful man. He killed lion with his hand. He killed bear with his hand. He was able to do a lot of things with his own bare hand. He had a raw energy. And, you know, the anointing of God was upon his life. But the Bible told us in verse number in verse number 16, sorry, verse number 19 of Judges chapter 16. It said, Then she lured him to sleep on his knees and called for a man, and he shaved his uh, shaved off the seven lock of his head. Then he began to torment him, and his strength left him. Verse number 20, and he said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he woke up from his sleep and, and said, I will go out as before, as at other time, and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. The question is, how can a man who was anointed from the womb, this was a man who was, his birth was prophesied. This was a man with a supernatural strength. For some reason, he was not able to preserve the blessing that God has destined for him to keep for life. Why? What happened? Okay. So my brothers and sisters, you will see that it is one thing for you to be called. 
It is one thing for you to be anointed. It is quite another thing for you to experience and continue to enjoy the blessings of God. Mm-hmm. Two different things. It is one thing for you to live in America. It's another thing for you to enjoy the blessings of America. Mm-hmm. Two different things. It is one thing for you to be born into a very good family. It's another thing for you to enjoy the blessings that a good family brings to you. Two different things. So it's one thing for you to recall, another thing for you to be anointed, but a different thing for you to enjoy the blessings of God. That is why we are looking at this particular topic today. We are looking at this particular title because the covenant that established this church, if you are going to experience and benefit from it, you need to understand and you need to key yourself into that particular covenant of the lifelong anointing. Because unless you key into the blessings that establish this place, you will see the blessings going, but you might not be able to benefit from it. But that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. The intention of the Almighty God is that as many who come under the anointing of this particular ministry, they will enjoy the power of the lifelong anointing. And that is why we are talking about it today. So there is a covenant that established this church and for you to experience and benefit from it, you need to understand and key yourself into that particular covenant. So what is that particular covenant? What is it? What does it take to enjoy the lifelong anointing? First Kings chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19, reading from verse number 16. The Bible tells us there that Elijah the prophet was instructed by God to anoint Elisha as a prophet that would take over in his place. In verse number 19 of that same chapter, the Bible told us that Elisha went and located Elisha. Elijah went and located Elisha. And since then, Elisha began to follow him. Please note that when the Lord called Elisha to take the place of Elijah, God was looking for an individual that he was going to invest his power in. In other words, when God was about to, you know, when the time of Elijah was over and God was looking for a replacement, he looked at the life of the people and he found Elisha. And he said, okay, Elisha, you are going to be the person to take over, but I need to prepare you to take over. I need to prepare you so that you can carry the power. I need to prepare you so that you can carry this power for life. And the Bible makes us to understand that Elisha not only carried this power, when Elisha died, the grave that Elisha prayed died. When they dumped his body there, the people, they got up. That is the kind of power this man was carrying. Even when he died, his body still carried power. Yes. The staff of Elisha, he gave it to his son and said, go and put it upon the dead. And the dead woke up. What we are saying is that there is a particular power that Elijah was carrying. And for anybody to carry that power, that person has to be prepared. Yes. If you know of a, of a major company in the, in the U.S. right now, if they want to change their CEO, do you think they just walk into the street and say, okay, ah, you look like a nice man, so let's make you our president. Nobody does that. Okay? What they do is that they make sure they select the person. They make sure they grill the person. They make sure they, they, they really take that person through all the necessary steps so that that person, they find the, the person they want to pick, they want to make sure that person is qualified. The reason is because they want to make sure that that person is strong enough to lead the country or to lead the company or to lead the association. They don't just pick anybody from the street. The same thing, the Lord, when the Lord is about to release his power, he doesn't just release it upon anybody. When the Lord wants to bless somebody, he doesn't just want to bless you anyhow. He wants to bless somebody who has the capacity to receive it. I've always asked myself, and I always pose this question to people, why is it that when people play the lottery and they win millions, okay, and they win millions, why is it that they can't keep the money? Why is it that most of them under 10 years, most of them have lost the millions that they have made. Why? The reason is very simple. You cannot 
keep what you have not developed the capacity to maintain. Mm -hmm. You cannot. If you want to build this particular building, the foundation you give for a bungalow is different from the foundation that you give for a two-story building, is different from the foundation that you give for a skyscraper. That's right. It's different. Because what you have, the foundation that you build, is what will carry the building. If your foundation is weak, the building you put upon it is weak. If you put a heavy foundation, if you put a heavy building on a weak foundation, the foundation, the building will collapse. And that is why when people rush into money, they end up not being able to keep it because they have not been able to develop the capacity and the ability to maintain that money. The same thing happened in the house of God. You are calling for the blessings of God. Oh God, bless me. Oh God, bless me. And God is looking at you. I, how can I bless this guy? You don't even have the discipline to save. You don't have the discipline to spend money. If there's sales in dealers, you are there. If there's sales in Walmart, you are there. How can I bless you? You will throw away the money. My God. You will throw away the money. And that is why when you are praying, you need to ask God, do you have the capacity to take the blessings of God? Do you have the capacity to maintain the power that God is giving unto you? Do you have the capacity to be able to walk in the anointing? So for you to walk in that anointing, God will take you through some experiences. Before you can get into a place where God is taking you, you need to be able to have some basic things in place. If you are made to be the class prefect in your school, or you are made to be the captain, or become the or become the student union of government, and you have no idea how to manage people, you are going to cause trouble. You are going to cause trouble for everybody. You want to study medicine, you don't even know how to do math. You are going to be in serious problem. The point you are making is that you need the foundation for you to be able to build the building. And that is the foundation that we want to talk about today. So when the Lord called Elisha to take the place of Elijah, God was looking for an individual who he can trust his spirit for a long time so that that person will be able to perform the work that Elijah started. For Elisha to taste, experience, and benefit from the lifelong anointing, God had to pass him through a series of life-changing experiences before he can entrust his spirit upon him. Before God can give you anything, he will pass you through the experiences. He will pass you through the things so that he can trust you that you are able to handle it. (laughs) So for Elisha to experience that lifelong anointing, God had to prepare him. God had to prepare him. And to make that kind of investment, God took Elisha and began to grill him and began to mold him and began to prepare him. So that when Elisha eventually got the power, Elisha was ready to carry that power. Elisha realized that to experience the lifelong anointing church, sorry, lifelong anointing, just like Elisha, he had to go through specific experiences. Anyone who intends to enjoy the power of God must go through that same experience. They must go through it. So let's begin to look at the experiences that Elisha went through. First Kings chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19, reading from verse number 16. The Bible says, And ye shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, as prophet in your place. Verse number 19. So he, Elijah, departed from thence, and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, 
who was plowing with twelve yokes of oxen before him, and he was with the twelve. And Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and mother. There and then I will follow you. And he said unto him, Go back, for what have I done to you? Elisha, verse number 21. So Elisha turned back to him, turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and, sl- and, and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. And then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. Now, experiencing the lifelong anointing requires you to go through what I will call the Abel Mehola experience. What does that mean? Abel Mehola, why is that experience important? What is that particular experience and why is it important? Abel Mehola is important because number one, it is the place of Elijah, Elisha's birth. Number two, it is the place it is the place where Elisha walked, where Elisha lived. It is the place where Elisha was engaged. What you will find is this. Any man, there is something we used to say back in Nigeria. We say that a lazy man cannot be a Christian. Mm. You know why? Because you are going to read the Bible. You are going to pray. You are going to fast. You are going to go out for evangelism. A lazy man cannot do it. Okay? If you see a lazy man who wants to be a preacher, that lazy man, that particular church will not move forward because you are a lazy man just cannot be a Christian. And you will find out that this guy called Elisha was not a lazy man. The Bible said that he was plowing with 12 yokes of oxen when the, when the call came. He was not just sitting down and saying, Lord, I want to serve you. And then he was playing Pokemon Go and was doing all that. That was not what he was doing. The guy was, the guy was busy. He was actually engaged in a meaningful employment. He was doing something when the call came. You cannot sit down and fiddle your hand and expect that God will begin to use you. God does not use a lazy man. God does not use a lazy man. You look at your place of work. Who are the people that get the best assignment? It's the people who do the work. Not the people who come and say, ah... Oh, I don't know why the boss is picking on me today. After I've done all this one. The man who keeps complaining will never get promoted. You know that. Mm-hmm. The man who keeps complaining. If you are in a particular class in school, in the science class, you say, I don't like my science teacher. He's always giving us different work. The lab is very difficult. The one is this. The one is that. Do you think when there's a science competition, he's going to call you to come and represent the school? No. You are too lazy. And you complain too much. The same thing happens in the kingdom of God. No lazy man will be used or an instrument, will be an instrument in the hand of the Almighty God. So why is a, why is a Abel Mehola experience a very important experience? Number one is the place of the birth, is the place of birth of Elisha. Number two, it is the place of Elisha's calling. Number three, it is the place where Elisha surrendered to the call of God. Number four, it is a place where Elisha broke from the past to pursue the calling of God. God. In other words, What we are saying is this, if you are going to walk with the almighty God, there has to be a place in your life where you say, this is where the Lord met me. This is where the Lord changed my life. This is what happened that turned my life around. At this time in my life, this is what I used to be. But when God met me at this place, this thing changed. If you cannot identify a time in your life when God visited you, then you have a problem. At what point did the Lord visit you? At what point did you hear the call? At what point did you respond to the call? At what point did you break off and say, I will no longer run after all these things. This is the time that I want to move forward. As a student, you begin to notice that the day your grace change is the day that you say, I'm no longer going to hang out with Bobo and Bia and, 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 and Sue. That I'm going to change my life. 
I'm no, I'm no longer going to waste my time in attending parties or spending my time on Facebook. I'm no longer going to be doing the things that I'm doing before. I now want to focus. The day you make up your mind, that is the way everything Amen. changes. Yes, right. But if you cannot identify that day, what happens is that you are going to live a life of mediocrity. And it's not just only for students. It's also for, all, it's also for adults. The day your career changes, the day your finances change, the day your marriage change, the day everything about you change is the day that you encounter yourself and you say, no, I can no longer continue to live like this. That is the day you are tired of the way that you are living. That is the day that you say, no, I want a better thing out of life. I can get more out of life. But if you are satisfied with the status quo, if you are satisfied with the way you are living, nothing changes. A bed experience is the place where you break from the past to pursue the calling of God upon your life. If we are going to experience a lifelong anointing, we must have our own Abel-Mehola experience. The question is, what is that Abel-Mehola experience? It is the place of your rebirth. A place where you encounter God. A place where you change. Your own experience is the place of your calling. What is that calling that God has put upon your life? What is that special thing that your heart, that is inside your heart that you want to pursue? It is the day, it is the place where you recognize that thing. Your Abel Mehola experience is the place where you surrender to the will of God. When you say, Lord, I surrender unto you. Do whatever you want to do with my life. Your Abel Mehola experience is the place where you say, I am no longer going to continue to live in the past. I want to now live in the future. I want to break from the past. I want to continue to, I want to now move into the place where God is taking me. That is your own Abel Mehola experience. And until you experience it, you are not going to move anywhere. Mm-hmm. Until you come to that point where you are able to see and recognize that something must change in your life, nothing moves forward. Elijah had to, Elisha had to surrender to God and to his call upon his life. He had to burn the bridge and to, you know, that is tying him to the past in order to follow Elijah. My God. This was a man with 12 yokes of oxen. If you want to translate it now to 2016, it means the man had 12 tractors. And he had a farm. And he was using those tractors to plow the field. This man gave up those 12 tractors in order to go and serve the Lord. The reason, if he had kept those 12 tractors, there is a possibility that one day he will look at Elijah and say, Look at this, this old prophet. Why am I wasting my time with this guy? After all, I have 12 tractors. I can always go back to my tractors and do those things. If he did not destroy those tractors, he can always go back. If he did not destroy those tractors, he can always, you know, call the bluff of Elijah and say, you are stressing me too much. Let me go back to what I... But he broke from the past. And that is why when the Lord is telling you to do something, he expects you to make a clean break. You don't like that particular girlfriend anymore. And you keep a number on your phone. That is a dangerous thing. If you don't want to talk to her anymore, delete the number. So you don't have access to go back. Okay? You don't want to take that particular money then. Close the shop. Close the safe. Stop looking at it. The things you don't want to do, cut it off. Amen. Because if you don't cut it off, you're going to go back to it. You are a human being. I'm a human being. We have that tendency. But my whole experience requires you to be able to break free from the past. It requires you to break free from the past. The lifelong anointing, the lifelong anointing will not come if you are not born again. The lifelong anointing, church, uh, lifelong anointing will not come if you do, if you live in the yesterday. The lifelong anointing will not come if you refuse to, to receive the call. The lifelong anointing will not come if you refuse to break from the past. Okay, so that is the experience of the, you know, experiencing the lifelong anointing will only happen if you go through your own Abed Mehola experience. Number two. How do you enjoy the lifelong anointing? 
You enjoy the lifelong anointing when you go through what is called the Gilgal experience. What is the Gilgal experience? Second Kings chapter two. You see, experiencing life. Second Kings chapter two. When the Lord was uh, when the Lord was about to take up Elijah. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. Now, what is Gilgal? Joshua chapter five. Reading from verse number 3. The Bible says, So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hills of the foreskin. And this is the reason why, why Joshua circumcised them. All the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. So it was when he had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their place in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal. Why is Gilgal important for you and for me? Gilgal is important because it is a place of circumcision. It is a place where you cut off the things that does not belong to God. It is a place where you actually cut yourself. It is a place where the Lord rolls away the reproach from your life. It is a place where you manna, where the fresh manna from heaven seizes and then you begin to employ, you begin to engage in the process of grace. Gilgal is a place of, you know, experiencing the lifelong anointing requires your heart to be circumcised. And what does that mean? It simply means that you cannot, you now take, you, you are now consecrated unto the Lord. It's just like somebody who is now, who is getting into a marriage relationship. Yes, you used to have him where boyfriend number one, two, three, four, five. But eventually when you make up your mind and you say you want to get married, you now say girlfriend number two, three, four, five. You can stay away. I'm staying with number one. It's a place of separation. It's a place where you dedicate yourself. It's a place where you circumcise yourself. It's a place of covenant. It's a place of promise. It's a place where you say, Lord, I am standing with you. I am identifying with you. Your Gilgal experience must be a place where you say, I am separating myself unto you, O God. Thank you. Because if at any point in your life, you have not made, a, you, know, you, you have not circumcised your heart to the Almighty God. If at any point in time, you have not consecrated yourself to the Lord. If at any point in time, you have not separated yourself unto the Lord. What happened is that you have given yourself an opportunity to double in and to double out. Because what happened is this, when you make a commitment, when you make a consecration, when you say, I am separated unto you, what you are doing is that you are announcing to the whole world that I no longer belong to these people, I now belong to this place. So anytime they see you, they say, "Ah, after all, pastor, you said you are no longer doing this. What are you doing here? And that is why you find out that people are always looking at the pastors and looking at Christians. When a Christian does something, they say, after all, you call yourself a Christian. Why do they say that? They say that because as a Christian, you have announced to the whole world that you are no longer a child of the devil. That you are no longer doing certain things. So when they see you doing this, ah, oh God, pastor, why are you doing the same thing again? What are you doing in the clubhouse? What are you doing in the party? What are you doing in the, uh, in the, in the street club? What are you doing in the place where you're not supposed to be if you say that you are a Christian? What are you doing in a place that cannot be identified with the Lord Jesus Christ? A Gilgal experience is the experience of separation. If you have not separated yourself from the world, then experiencing the lifelong anointing becomes an illusion. Just like the children of Israel, the Bible makes us to understand that before they could win the battle of Jericho, they had to first of all circumcise themselves. They had to separate themselves if they wanted to enjoy the blessings that God has in store for them. We must all go through Gilgal if we want to experience the lifelong anointing. God takes you through Gilgal to see if you will separate yourself. 
Because you cannot be mingling with certain people and then expect to see a different result. There is a particular preacher that always say, if you want to score a hundred in mathematics and you are hanging out with people who are always scoring zero, what is your possibility of scoring hundred? Very, very, very slim. You cannot get that hundred if you keep hanging out with the wrong set of people. But if you want to score a hundred, you hang out with the rest with the, with the people that score hundred. And the only way you can hang out with the people who, who score hundred is to separate yourself from the people who don't. The Bible says, "I will make a difference between those who serve me and those who do not." If unless the separation happens, there must be a time in your life when you make up your mind and say, I will no longer do this. This is what I will be doing. Until you come to that particular decision, enjoying the anointing of the Almighty God becomes an illusion. God takes you to Gilgal to see if you will separate yourself from the world and consecrate yourself unto Him. There are thousands of people today in the church who want to enjoy the power of God, but they don't want to leave the world. That's true. They want to enjoy the blessings of God, but they don't want to do what it takes to enjoy the blessings of God. Here is a man who wants to make money in the stock market, but he does not want to buy stock. Eh? Here is a man who wants to have uh, six-pack abs. He doesn't want to go to the gym. Eh? He doesn't want to go to the gym. How does a six-pack ab? Does he jump on you? I don't think so. He cannot jump on you. You will have to do what? You will have to exercise. You will have to go to the gym. You have to wake up in the morning and run. That is the way you get six-pack. The same thing. How do you enjoy the blessings of God? You do it by separation. Amen. You do it by standing apart. You do it by making yourself, by dedicating yourself to the Almighty God. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. We would like to invite you to join us for the September edition of our breakfast meeting on Saturday, September 8th, 2018 at 9 a.m. The meeting will be held at the Holiday Inn located at 1453 Silo Hill Lane, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Breakfast Connection is a forum for equipping believers to live and share their faith in the marketplace. Childcare will be provided. We look forward to enjoying a warm fellowship with you. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.